It's great to, uh, great to see everyone today. Um, I, I'm not going to be long because I'm cold. Um, but I, I'm just going to share something just for 10 minutes or so. And then we're going to pray. We're going to dive back into worship. And a great scripture to, to read on Pentecost Sunday is, of course, Acts chapter 2. It says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there was staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Only amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? And then it gives a, a, a list of a, a bunch of places I'm not going to attempt to pronounce. Um, it says, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. Um, I want to make three observations from this text, all beginning with the letter S. And I'm not going to say you uh, get you to say S out loud because you'll all sound like hissing snakes and we'll have to do a, a, a mass deliverance session. So we don't want that. But uh, three observations from Acts chapter 2. The first one is this, that Pentecost was seen. Can you all say seen? It says that they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire. When the fire of God came upon them in the upper room in Acts chapter 2, everyone could see the fire. It was a flame that was upon their heads that was visible. There was a visible manifestation of the Holy Spirit. You know, today when we talk about the fire of God, when we talk about the fire of the Holy Spirit, often we make it a feeling or an emotion. You know, if we were to say to someone, are you on fire for Jesus? What, what we often mean is, have you got an emotional feeling? Are you, have you got a passion, a love for God? Um, we, we often talk and we say things like, oh, I really felt the fire in that meeting. I really felt the presence of God in that meeting. But I want to suggest to you that the fire on the day of Pentecost was more than just a feeling. It was more than just an emotion. It was something that was visible. It was an outward manifestation, an outward demonstration of the power of God. Uh, you know, I've got a friend of mine who has actually, uh, in his church, experienced an outward manifestation of the fire of God. Uh, he was in bed uh, one night and he got a telephone call from the local fire brigade. He said, um, we've had to come out to your church. Your church is on fire. 
And so he quickly got dressed and rushed to the church and the fire engines are outside and, and, and they said, oh, we're sorry, it's a false alarm. Uh, there's no fire here. And of course he took a, a, you know, a big sigh. He was so relieved. Um, and it turned out that there was a bunch of intercessors in the church praying. And as people drove past the church building, they saw fire on the church. A few weeks later, he was up again. He got another phone call. The church is on fire. So he went to the church. The fire engines were all outside. There was no fire, but there was people praying. A few weeks after that, he got another phone call. The church is on fire. He went to the church. The fire brigade were outside again. All the fire engines. There was no fire, but there were people praying. You know, um, those kinds of, uh, of things are certainly unusual. They're signs and wonders. But I believe that the principle is the same. That the fire of God shouldn't be something that's hidden. The fire of the Holy Spirit shouldn't be something uh, that is kind of uh, just tucked away or invisible. But people should be able to see that we are a church on fire. People should be able to tell that we are men and women that are burning for Jesus. It reminds me in Exodus 33 when Moses and God are having a conversation and, and, and God, uh, God says to Moses, go, my presence will be with you. Moses says, well, you be, your presence better go with us because if not, how will, be able, how will the other nations begin to, to tell that there is something different about us? You see, Moses recognized that the other nations must look at them and they could see that there was something different different about them. They could see that they were men and women of God. They could see that there was something supernatural about them. Um, it, again, in, in the book of Acts, you remember when they're choosing the seven deacons and they said, choose men who are known to be full of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the whole, if, you, if you are really a person of the Spirit, people should know about it. On the day of Pentecost, it was obvious who was on fire because they could see the fire. It was obvious who was filled with the Holy Spirit because people could see the Spirit like a flame upon their heads. Church, I want to suggest to us today that, uh, that we shouldn't need to ask, am I on fire? We shouldn't need to ask, am I filled with the Holy Spirit? If you are filled with the fire, if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, your life looks different. You walk different. You talk different. There is something supernatural about you that you carry. Uh, Leonard Ravenhill said, you don't need to advertise a fire. If we as a church are on fire, our city, our region should look at Revive Church and say that is a place where God is. That is a place of miracles. That is a place of hope. That is a place of glory. And my prayer today is we want to be a church that is on fire. We, we don't just want to say that we're Pentecostal. We don't just want to say that we're spirit-filled. But we want to have a flame upon our heads. We want to have a, a, a blazing, roaring presence in every area of our lives, in our services and in our lives as individuals as well. We want to be people of fire. Can you say amen to that? So Pentecost was seen. Number two, Pentecost was a sound. Can everyone say sound? 
It says that there was a sound like a mighty rushing wind. You know, there were three sounds on the day of Pentecost. There was a sound of a mighty rushing wind that was the alert to the disciples that God is about to move. Then there was a sound of the disciples speaking in tongues that gathered a crowd. And then there was a sound of Peter preaching the gospel that, uh, that cut the crowd to the heart. And 3,000 of them gave their lives to Jesus. You know, whenever God moves in the Bible, there is always a sound. Whether it was a sound of God walking uh, like footsteps in the Garden of Eden. Or whether here in the book of Acts it was these sounds. But these sounds shook a city. You know church, revival has a sound. You know freedom has a sound. Hope has a sound. The presence of God has a sound. Passion has a sound. And my prayer is for us as, as Revive Church, not only will we, would we be a church where the fire is visible, the power, the demonstration of God is visible, but also we would create a sound that would shake this city. We would create a sound that would change lives. We would, shake, we would create a sound that would see revival come in our region. Can you say amen? You know, I don't know if we've got any football fans here today, but if you've been watching football on TV over the past 12 months, the stadiums have been empty. And, and what they've done is the, the television producers have been playing this awful pre-recorded uh, fan noise in the stadiums. And quite often, uh, you know, the, the, the commentators will say, if you want to uh, watch this match without the, the artificial noise, then press, press this button or, or you can watch on, on kind of another channel. And I straight away press that button and I, I might hear one or two swear words because all you can hear is the players and the managers. But that awful artificial uh, noise is, is awful. It's still a crowd cheering, but you can tell there's no life, there's no passion behind it. You see, there's a difference between a noise and a sound. There's a difference between something that's fake and artificial and something that is pregnant with passion and excitement. And you know, as a church, we can create a noise, we can pray prayers, we can sing songs, we can go through the motions. But when the Holy Spirit is moving in our midst, we create a sound that can change atmospheres. We can create a sound that can set the captives free. We can create a sound that can turn an army of dry bones into, uh, sorry, a valley of dry bones into an army that can see this region shaken with the gospel. Church, in a moment, we're going to again release that sound of heaven, that sound of truth, that sound of revival as we lift up the name of Jesus. And let's believe that the atmosphere around us is going to change as we release heaven's sound. Amen. So Pentecost was seen. Pentecost, there was a sound. And finally, Pentecost was a suddenly. Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. In an instant, in a moment, everything changed. They've been waiting, they've been praying with expectation, but suddenly, everyone says suddenly. 
Suddenly God came. Suddenly they were filled with boldness. Suddenly they were empowered by the presence of God. Suddenly 120 ordinary men and women became temples of the living God. And you know what? If Pentecost means anything, it means this. That God is still the God of a suddenly. That in a moment, the Holy Spirit can step in. That in a moment, the power and the presence of God can invade our lives and everything can change. And you may be here today and you may be waiting for a miracle. You may be praying and believing and hoping for a miracle. But I want to tell you that our God is still the God of the suddenly. That our God is still the God of the miraculous. Our God is still the God who in a moment can step in. On one touch from the king can change everything. One encounter with Jesus and your life can, be, can never be the same again. Suddenly he can save you. Suddenly he can heal you. Suddenly he can set you free. Suddenly he can step into your family and your circumstances and everything can change. So I don't know who today needs a miracle. Who today needs a breakthrough. Who today needs that moment of encounter with Jesus. Friends, let me tell you the Holy Spirit is here right now. And he's ready to step into your life and change everything.